It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Wizards podcast. I am your host for tonight's jam-packed episode. I am Arthur Reynolds. You can find me on Twitter at District Mamba. Joining me tonight are my two amazing co-hosts. Uh, first up, we have Becca. You can find her on Twitter at BeccaMVP. And also, our other co-host, we have Ian Evans. You can find him on Twitter at the real Ian underscore E. What's going on, guys? Hey. Hey, what's up? We are hopefully going to get, you know, some positive reactions to the trade that unfolded. We're going to be talking about tonight everything that went down with Austin Rivers coming to the Wizards in exchange for Marching Gortat. And that's it, you know, because like the whole time I was waiting for (laughs) and a protected lottery or a protected top 15 pick. But none of that happened. It's straight up Rivers for Gortat. We're going to break down that trade give our reactions. We're going to read off some of your feedback on Twitter 
based on the poll that we ran. And we're also going to see what the next dominoes that might fall, because obviously this trade just feels like the beginning of bigger moves, hopefully bigger names, and then probably, you know, some journeyman backup center that's like young and will get eye to and be told <laughs> that he has a potential, but he'll just ride the bench. So bigger, bigger let's go master ahead and get plan. started. Ernie Grunfeld. Exactly. <laughs> you know he's got one. Right. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, so as we said, Austin Rivers is coming to the Wizards in exchange for Gortat. We found out. It broke Twitter. Everybody was reacting left and right. You had the Gortat apologists freaking out, saying, oh my God, how could we get Austin Rivers? Like, that's all we can do for Gortat. I want to hear from you guys first. What was, um, Ian, what was your initial reaction when you saw Austin Rivers for marching Gortat straight up? Initial knee-jerk reaction was elation. Uh, I wanted to run through the streets. I want to just sprint through the streets, run around my block screaming, like, we did it. We finally did it. Um, I don't know. I saw a lot of the backlash on Twitter. I don't know what people were expecting to get returned for an outdated, very old center who saw in this last season, probably for the first time in his career, a huge, huge decline. Not just in like points, not just in rebounds, but every field goal percentage, block rate, um, his efficiency numbers dipped big time. I just, I know a lot of people love March for what he did as far as transitioning the franchise over, but to get a combo guard back, someone who I think a lot of people are worried that like Austin Rivers is going to be a starter or something. What people need to realize is that he's not going to get a lot of burn here. He's going to play his 10 to 15 minutes a night. And he's going to just give rest to John Wall. He's going to give rest to Bradley Beal. He's going to maybe some nights give rest to Otto Porter. If he's still here, we'll talk about that in a second. Kelly Oubre, he can be the one, the two, or the three, depending on the lineup. And to get that kind of depth back and actual, I didn't think we were going to get anything back that was useful for Marching Gortat. Exactly. You know, I mean, did you guys think we were going to get anything useful back for a 34-year-old center who just had the worst season of his career? Like, I don't know what people were expecting and everyone's complaining about how old and slow this team was, especially with the front court. And now we got rid of that, and we got an athlete who's young. He's 25. He's coming off his best year ever. He's improved every year. If you look at from not just points and assist numbers, but also his advanced statistics, which a lot of people are bringing up with Martin Gortat, how efficient he was. Austin Rivers has improved every single year he's been in the league, and he's still only 25. He came from the same draft class as Bradley Beal. He's talented. He's going to be hard to root for um, because I've always just kind of disliked him. I feel like every fan base on the planet kind of dislikes him. Um, But this was a trade that was kind of your classic change of scenery trade, right? Like Marcin Gortat needed a new place to have a new beginning, you know, ironically to end his career. And Austin Rivers, I think he wore out his welcome in L.A. as well. Um, so it made sense for both guys. I think for both teams, it kind of made sense. I'm assuming the Clippers did this for a similar reason that the Wizards did for depth. Because with Austin Rivers, the Wizards get that third guard they've needed desperately for years now. And they can kind of embrace small ball and kind of transition into the positionless NBA that they've been wanting to do for a while, unable to do. Wrong and pieces. with the Clippers, you know, you've got, a, I would assume, Gortat's going to be their backup center. Unless they're going full rebuild mode, then maybe he can be the starter. But all in all, I mean, I think it saved the Wizards like three million bucks on the cap, too. And every bit counts when you're as strapped as they are. 
So I, I love to trade because you actually got some usefulness back for a useless asset. Yeah. I mean, you're not saying anything that I disagree with. Uh, Becca, I'm interested to hear what your initial reactions were. And especially considering the breakdown Ian just gave with the fact that we traded a 34-year-old for a 25-year-old seems reason enough for me. But Becca, what were your thoughts on the trade? Um, like Ian said, I was pretty happy with the trade. You know, it's not like Gortat was a huge asset and we got what we could. We got rid of him. And Arthur, I think you and I had discussed last episode about the rumors and you said something that was very true. You said, well, I don't care if we get like an equivalent player for Gortat as long as we have a change of scenery. That's the most important thing. For Gortat to actually get traded after all these years of us being like, oh, like he needs to leave. I think it's great. Now, something that's been bothering me on Twitter is that we finally got what we wanted. The Wizards fan base finally got what we wanted. And they just, you know, they're just so angry still. I mean, they're not angry because of Austin Rivers. They're angry because Gortat, he was a disappointment. He wasn't very good at it. And I don't know, but you know, we have to look at the bright side and realize, okay, somebody that was causing problems in the locker room was gone now. And how do we move forward and how do we, you know, make the team better so that we can actually make it to the Eastern conference finals. That's and, pretty, that's pretty much how I feel. And, and yeah. And Becca and Arthur, like, like you just mentioned, Becca, you and Arthur had mentioned this. We traded a 34 year old center in a league where the center position is becoming more and more worthless by, by the day, you know? And not only is it becoming a more, you know, a less useful position in the NBA today, this center happened to be already outdated anyway. It's not like he's Clint Capella. He can't, like, guard every position. He's not offensively gifted. He's an old-school center that has no real case use, especially, like, especially in the starting lineup of a team that's trying to be a contender in today's NBA, and we traded away that, a guy who's growing more and more useless by the day with the way the NBA is trending, and in return we got a guy who is useful and becoming more useful with right. the way the NBA is trending. And I, I think it's a steal. Like, yeah. I think the Wizards won this trade. I definitely think we won this trade, and I question when people, you know, bring up the fact that, oh, Austin Rivers isn't, isn't very good. Well, neither is Gortat, and we were able to get at least some hope, at least a player that has room to grow that isn't stuck at where he is because somebody mentioned you know Gortat somebody that was you know defending Gortat mentioned that Gortat on the Warriors would be like a dream come true for Warriors fans but at the same time we're not the Warriors we don't have shooters everywhere we don't have Draymond Green we don't have Andre Iguodala but with this move acquiring Austin Rivers and getting rid of Marching Gortat where we are acquiring pieces that you need in this modern NBA. Wall has asked, and the fan base has asked, for a playmaking guard for, like, Wall's entire tenure here. When was the last yeah. time we had, like, a third-option playmaker that we could rely on off the bench? You know, year after year, there's a project that's coming in. Oh, oh this is the solution with, like, Alan Anderson, or, like, this is the solution with, you know, Jody Meeks is more of a catch-and-shoot three-point guy, but still, like... Austin Rivers opens up the positionless basketball that, you know, Ian mentioned about how like the NBA is trending that way. Cause you can't be positionless basketball and roll out Jody Meeks or roll out, you know, Gortat. You're going to get exposed defensively, but at least now with Rivers and 
his ability to play iso ball and his ability to actually do something with the basketball and not rely on someone, his three-point percentage is 38%. And we all know the John Wall effect. Can you imagine just having a bench option that can come off the bench shooting 38% already and getting wide open looks? Like how many of yeah. those like 38% shots that he made were they wide open looks, you know? So I'm really looking forward to see what Austin Rivers can do. I think we're all on board with saying this trade has been overall positive for the Wizards. Let's take a look at what can happen as a result of this trade because obviously we can't go into the season with Jan Mahimi as our starting center and then Jason Smith being the backup. Any one of you can take it, but what are you guys' thoughts? What are some of the options? We can start with realistic options and then we'll get into some dream options because obviously there are some names that we've tossed around these last couple of weeks with DeMarcus Cousins, Kawhi Leonard, all those names. But we're going to break it down and be more realistic and then say possible trades that can happen. So who do you guys think should replace Marching Gortat in D.C.? What makes the most sense? <laughs> Becca, you go first. I want <laughs> you want me to there. go first? Yeah. There's a lot of people. I mean, <laughs> who am I kidding? There's not a lot of people that we could potentially get. Obviously, the more the bigger reach would be DeAndre Jordan and um, DeMarcus Cousins, but that doesn't seem the most realistic. I'm not sure. I'm not the GM, so I can't speak on it. But there's Greg Monroe, there's Alex Len, there's Aaron Baines, there's Noel. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a few guys. I don't know who would be the best, but I think Noel would be the best, in my opinion. I mean, what do you guys think? I'm really, I'm a really big fan of Nerlens Noel. I wanted, I actually wanted the Wizards to draft him, um, injury concerns and all, back when we selected Otto Porter with the third overall pick. I thought it was probably worth the risk, even if he had to sit out for like a, a season. He is still to this day, I feel like he's never gotten a shot. He's never gotten his fair chance. He was on a Sixers roster that was clogged, Jaleel Okafor and Embiid. He never really got a chance to be in a system that worked for him, which was basically like a bunch of shooters and just get out and run, get out and run on the, uh, in transition. He could be that Clint Capella role, the hyper-focused role where he's just, Scott Brooks is going to ask him every night, you know, Nerlens, just go out there, strap everyone up, guard every position, be a good help defender, just dunk the basketball, catch lobs, get out and run, where he's still fantastic in transition super fast for his size and you could get him on a dirt cheap deal because his value has plummeted it is rock bottom this is the cheapest he's ever going to be and i think you could you could sign someone like nerlens noel for next to nothing in a one year prove it type of deal and he's going to come in i would have him be the starter a lot of people are like cuz i've tweeted this out and a lot of fans are basically responding with you mean as the backup right and no, no, he well, would be no. the start. Yeah, he'd be the starting center. Yeah. He's he doesn't need to do anything on offense, just except run the pick and roll, set screens, and then like Clint Capella, kind of like what DeAndre Jordan did in L.A. in his in his prime years, just worry about attacking the glass, get put back dunks. He's a threat for that every time down the court. And then on offense, John Wall will make it so easy for you. Imagine replacing all of the missed layups from Marching Gortat that were just hand-delivered to John Wall, wide open. And imagine replacing those missed layups with just dunks and alley-oops. It's not, gonna, it's not rocket science. He fits so seamlessly here, and I think he would be 
my number one choice. And then, of course, you know, Becca, you mentioned Cousins. I think DeAndre Jordan is more than likely going to end up in Dallas, um, if I had to take a guess, just because of the trade that went down with the Clippers. I think they're probably going to go into rebuilding mode and ship him out after they already got rid of everyone else. Um, And then I do, I I think the last guy on my list, after Nerlens Noel, um, second would be DeMarcus Cousins, which kind of terrifies me because of the Achilles. But I think the Wizards aren't in a position to not take that risk. I think they have to, um, if it's there, obviously. And maybe some sort of sign-in trade with Otto. But that's tough because the sign-in trade doesn't make... I mean, Otto makes sense for the Pelicans, but the sign-in trade doesn't. They could just let him walk, or they could just sign him. And there's so many different options the Pelicans could take that makes more sense for them as a franchise than a sign-in trade. So that's kind of tough from the Wizards' standpoint. And then the last guy on the list is Dwight Howard, which just saying his name makes me want to take a take a sip from my drink here. <laughs> but it's it's he scares me because he's everywhere he goes, it's just it's just super disappointing. Yeah. But yeah, he's also had an okay room. year this last year. I mean, what do you guys specifically think about we talked about cousins? Arthur, what do you think about specifically Nerlens Noel? And then I guess touch on Dwight Howard, which you could get for probably the MLE. Right. I think, you know, sleeping on it, thinking about it, I think Nerlens Noel is probably my favorite option out of the ones mentioned. I think there's probably, you know, more adventurous options like a DeAndre Jordan, DeMarcus Cousins. I think for me, DeMarcus Cousins is the is the goal here. But obviously, you know, we're trying to be realists. We're trying to give you guys like some actual potential landing spots. I just think that, you know, I don't, Man, it hurts me to say this, but I don't want to give Ernie too much credit. But at the same time, this is a pretty good offseason to need a center, especially with how, you know, the center position is trending. You know, you're going to have players like Brooke Lopez. We've mentioned Baines. We've mentioned Noel, Alex Len, Kyle Quinn, Greg Monroe. All those players that you might be able to get for the MLE, which is... That's a lot. Of, those are a lot of names. That's a lot of talent that's available. But even then, I wouldn't mind the idea of Dwight Howard, uh, except I just don't think the locker room is in a stable state right now, especially considering how the season finished. And I just think there's too many egos in there. And there, there's just, I don't know. I don't think this is a good locker room for Dwight Howard to come in. But then if you just hear me saying that and you're asking why is DeMarcus Cousins different, I just really think that Cousins and Wall would just mesh together and they would both control each other and maybe, you know, it'd be, it might be the perfect setting, the perfect marriage for DeMarcus. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but I don't remember of any, like, major stories with Cousins in New Orleans. Do you, did you guys hear anything? I don't know. I think it would be great for Wall to have Cousins because they've been wanting to play together for years, but... I'm not, like you said, I'm not sure. It's an ego thing, too. I heard that he's very temperamental, and I just, I don't know how that would work, but I feel like having the two buddies together would work pretty well. Yeah, I, so I've never bought into the whole hothead. I know DeMarcus Cousins has a temper. I know that he has a a fairly big ego, um, but I've never bought into the whole, like, he's a cancer in the locker room deal. I think... Just like anyone that comes into this league, he wants to be on a winning team. You know, I think anyone listening, you guys spend, you're an NBA athlete, 
superstar talent. You spend the first five years of your career putting up MVP-type numbers on a god-awful team that is just terribly run and just off. The, the product on the court was terrible. It was terrible. Right. How do you think you're going to feel? Are you going to be happy going to work every day? Are you going to be in a great mood? You waste five years of your life playing for some crap team in Sacramento? Exactly. I don't buy it. I think he just wanted to win. And then you go. It's not even like a, a, a huge amount of success. He just wanted to be on a decent team. He goes to New Orleans. You hear nothing. And Crickets. one of those instances in Sacramento where like a media member insulted his family or like his mom or something. I'm sorry, but like all bets are off in that case. I think De- that was when DeMarcus got, you know, like very vocal and was like cussing the reporter out. And yeah, you know, if you're going to be if you're going to be adult and you're going to say something stupid like that. Right. To any player's I, face, I, I just you deserve what comes back to you. Exactly. Yeah. I, I just I, I agree with the whole like that part of his game has been blown up. I mean. You know, we we won't know until it happens, but I just feel like the marriage of, you know, Wall and and DeMarcus Cousins would be really good for each other. Lord knows what could happen. But um, I just wanted to go over our Twitter poll that we asked about the immediate reaction to the Gortat trade. We had uh, 111 votes and 43% of you loved the trade, which is good. Uh, 8% of you hated the trade. I would have been curious to read more about why, but 35% of you thought it was meh, which, I mean, honestly, like, that's not a bad reaction to have because, like, this move can't get you excited and say, oh, Boston and Philadelphia, we're coming for you. Like, this is just, like, a one step. Like, there's going to be more to follow. And then 14% say that we will miss Marching Gortat. Um, We had some comments from... Mr. Perfect, at the real Mr. Perfect, who has been featured on this show multiple times, he said that he likes to trade because not only do we get Gortat off the books, but we also get a backup shooting guard for Beal, which was a big need as he was burned out during the playoffs. If we can acquire an athletic big man in free agency, we'll be set, but nothing is a guarantee with Ernie, which is 100% true. Um, Big reason why I was excited about Austin Rivers. And then we had one more response from Uncle Weeze at Uncle Weeze on Twitter. He says, think it's a sign of things to come, which is something that we've been echoing multiple times on this episode. So I'm going to give you guys the, the, the prediction machine in a minute or less. Go ahead and predict what the next move for the Wizards will be and anything else that you can tell me about what this first step acquiring Austin Rivers from Marching Gortat does for the rest of the uh, Wizards offseason. Go ahead, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I just see us acquiring a center. Obviously, I think I think we're going to get somebody that's not DeMarcus Cousins, unfortunately. I think we're going to get Noel. And I think we're going to do great this season because we're getting rid of part of the problem we had last year, which was, the locker room behavior, well, part of it, not all of it. And I think, you know, I don't know what you guys, but do you think that maybe Austin Rivers is actually going to be a tool within another trade? Like, do you think he might be part of a package? Or do you think that the Wizards are going to use him for real? I'm not, I'm not completely sure, but that's my, that's my prediction. It is. I'll, I'll, I'll do like the twofold and less than a minute. Hit your thing, Arthur, while answering Beckett's question, too. So, like, I think it's possible that 
Rivers is a, another just bargaining chip for a trade. But I do think he's going to stay on the team. I do think the Wizards are going to use him because he is good. He's not going to be a starter. He's not going to have heavy minutes, but he's a great rotational guy. He's, he plays solid defense, and he can hit threes. And what more do you want out of someone off your bench? Um, I think the Wizards keep him. And I think what this trade means going forward, regardless of who they sign at center, is the Wizards are finally moving to positionless basketball. They're going to try to fill up the roster with wings, and then the finishing touch will be that athletic five that can be that Clint Capella light, that hyper-focused role. He's not asked to do anything. He's not tasked with a ton of responsibility on offense, and he is just asked to play damn good defense on the perimeter, in the paint, and then get out and run. And I think that's, hopefully, I think it's Nerlens Noel. I think he's going to be the starting center for the Wizards day one, unless they get outbid by someone, which is possible since they're so strapped because only Grunfeld's adult. But I think, hopefully, he's the starting center, and he's going to have one of the better years of his career so far playing on a team that does have elite talent on the top end with John Wall and Bradley Beal and Otto Porter. So that's the hope. Um, I think the worst-case scenario would be Dwight, and that's also super, super possible. Right, because <laughs> that's, that's a name-brand player and, you know, that would get the casual fans interested. But oh, I think, unfortunately, I'm going to tame my expectations and kind of echo what Becca said. And we're probably going to end up with someone serviceable at the center position. Obviously, if we get Noel, like, I'm going to be hyped. Like, that's, I think, you know, the home run, the realistic home run. But I think what I'm most excited about and what I think will follow, and what this move is hopefully indicative of. Now, this is just a prediction. I just hope it's indicative of a change in the style of play for the Wizards. I hope that this means, you know, no matter who we bring in at the center position, unless obviously it's a superstar, but if we bring in like someone below uh, Nerland Sowell, like Baines or Alex Lund, I just hope this means that Markeith Morris is going to play more five that Otto Porter is going to play more stretch four, and that we're going to have some dynamic options between, you know, Sadoransky, Rivers, Porter, and Markeith Morris playing together, or Wall, Beal, the rookie, Troy Brown, and, you know, Otto Porter playing together, or just interchangeable pieces. And then obviously the hope is we, we re-sign Mike Scott, because I think that just adds another level and you can go, like, you can have so many small ball options with either Keefe and Scott playing together or Scott playing the stretch five and then Porter being the stretch four. Like, that would be an incredible dynamic range of lineups that the Wizards yeah. could throw on the court that we have never, ever had, at least since my fandom. Like, we've never had that much depth, that much creativity. So, in conclusion... I hope that no matter who we get as center, as long as it's, you know, not DeMarcus Cousins or DeAndre Jordan or someone big like that, I just hope that this is a change in style of play. That Scott Brooks is like, okay, I'm not going to play Mahimi 20 minutes as a backup anymore. I'm going to give Markeith Morris some minutes at five. I'm going to give Otto Porter some minutes at the stretch four. So that's my prediction. I'm hoping things resolve themselves, but... Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you guys embrace, have any Embrace the wings, thoughts. man. It's time to embrace the wings. <laughs> yeah, and stop trying New to New generation basketball. Them. And he was terrible this last season, and it was time to move on, but... All right, guys. Well, I think that's all that we have. We hit on all of our 
major selling points, and we're looking forward to see what happens in this offseason. Summer League is starting up soon, so we'll be bringing you some coverage on that. And obviously, this this show has been mainly embracing the Austin Rivers era that's ahead of us, but we can't end this show without giving a little shout-out to Marcin Gortat and his efforts here for the last five years. I remember the first time that we were without Gortat because he was basically in every single game that the Wizards played. But when there was a stretch, I believe, when one of his family members passed away and we had to go to like micro small ball and we had like Otto Porter playing the five, like it was crazy. I think that's when we really like realized the impact that Gortat had. But unfortunately, you know, Father Time is undefeated. Uh, the era of ba- this era of NBA basketball is like anything, like nothing we've seen before. So Gortat's time had to end in DC. We need a change of pace, a change of scenery. And yeah, Ian, you have any any last thoughts? I mean, you touched on everything there, but it's just it's one of those things. There's a lot of fan backlash uh, against marching and it's a lot of it a lot of it does sound personal there's a lot of there's been a lot of mean mean tweets directed at him on twitter and stuff but not from me not from me but just from other fans um i think when it comes down to it we do really need to hopefully over time we can look back on him and say okay he did do a lot for this team because he did he was a really really good center for a long time like you said arthur it's just no one has ever beaten father time no one it just doesn't happen you're not the same you get older you can't get off the ground you're not the athlete you once were your body starts to kind of fight you you want to do one thing but you can't anymore so it was you know march thanks for all the good times man you're one of the most hilarious wizards that i've ever gotten to cover your personality is awesome i know you're gonna kill it as the president of poland one day soon um it was just over man it's time you know we had to move on so uh yeah, I know. Becca, take us home. I just want to say thanks to Gortat because he remained consistently healthy for two seasons in a row. He played 164 games in a row, which is very impressive. And wow. a lot of guys on Twitter, they're very unhappy still, <laughs> even after we traded him, like how we've been wanting for years. You know, I think it's time for all of us to embrace that Austin Rivers is here, Marchin is gone, and it's time for us to just be excited and ready for the next moves that hopefully Ernie has in store for us this offseason. Try to remain positive because now we've only got to go up from here, right, guys? (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) I think that's a wrap for this episode. Twitter followers, if you have anything to say to us regarding this trade, we would love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, at us, DM us, hopefully no hate mail, only good things. <laughs> please, please DM us at, at District Mamba, that's Arthur, and at the real underscore, what was it, Ian? <laughs> the, real, the real Ian underscore E. The real Ian underscore E, and you can find me at Becca MVP. You've been listening to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, and we will see you soon. I woke up Chris Breezy. Oh my God, I'm the man. I'm so fly and I can dance. There's tattoos on my neck. I just FaceTime Kanye. 
told him I'm his biggest fan, yeah. yeah. Got all these hoes in my DM. Yeah, I do. Hold up. Holy shit, I got a kid. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.